The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo. Dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. If it weren't for the white supremacists, um, calling that so Antifa never goes to Antifa doesn't engage in occupy type behavior against uh, global meetings, for example, business leaders. They don't go after institutions that are not fascist. They were in Charlottesville to stand against no, I mean, white other supremacists. Case, other examples. But, but, in but other that's words, not what we're talking about, Chris. No, I mean, I'm I talking think about that this. What, I want to know I, who I, these people are. I understand, but uh, when you do that, you feed into the false narrative that what, there's, trying a, to there's find a, out there's who everybody kind of is. How does information work into a false narrative? I'm. Wow, good for Chris Matthews and bad for her. She's with the Southern Poverty Law Center? Oh, yeah. It sounds like she's with Antifa. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, th- she, sounds she like is a, functionally. She sounds like a representative for Antifa. Right. Article mm-hmm. in The Atlantic, which is not 
a right-wing publication, nah. if you know anything about it. The Rise of the Violent Left. And it starts this way. Maybe you've forgotten this incident. You certainly didn't forget if you live in Portland, but since 1907, that's 110 years. Portland, Oregon has hosted an annual Rose Festival. Since 2007, the festival has included a parade down 82nd Avenue. Since 2013, the Republican Party, uh, which includes uh, the county which includes Portland, has taken part in the parade. This April, that all changed. The parade's organizers received an anonymous email warning that if Trump supporters and others who promote hateful rhetoric marched, we will have 200 or more people rush into the parade and drag and push those people out. When Portland police said they lacked the resource to provide adequate security, the organizers canceled the parade. It was a sign of things to come. And then the Atlantic piece goes through all the different um, instances of Antifa either shutting things down or attacking people who aren't exactly hate groups. Well, they reserve for themselves the right to decide who gets free speech and who doesn't. Who's a hate group and who's not. And often the hate groups include people attending a Trump rally. Or a hate group is somebody walking down the street where near a Trump rally, and they're assumed to be going to the rally. Sometimes the hate group includes innocent young co-eds standing around in Berkeley who get their heads split open because Antifa just wants to raise the level of violence. How do I know this? And how do I know it from their friends, the by any means necessary people? Because they say so. Does that mean, oh, so you think they're the same as Nazi? No, they're both bad. God, how thick is your skull if you can't comprehend that? The violence is not directed only at avowed racists. In June of last year, demonstrators, at least some of whom were associated with Antifa, punched and threw things at people exiting a Trump rally in San Jose, California. An article in It's Going Down celebrated the righteous beatings. It's Going Down is their publication. The people righteous just, beatings. If you don't think it's a real problem to have people physically attacked for walking into political rallies, I don't know how you don't understand that. Well, and I remember at the time I was talking about if this isn't dealt with quickly, cracked down upon quickly, the angry activist far right is going to say, we get to do this. Right. Now, they've got plenty of history of violence. But in terms of the modern era rolling street battles in the you know in our cities that hasn't been happening not much yeah that's what's interesting because so i charlie rose last night had all the people on from vice who did that uh that news piece oh yeah including that uh blonde reporter woman who was embedded with them and they were talking about how these people came out of the the shadows of the internet to gather together because um they've always stayed uh you know faceless anonymous um, they didn't feel like they could gather together and do this sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, they, they, they felt comfortable not covering their faces, just being out and proud and getting together and marching like this and being prepared for violence. Well, I think you just explained it. Antifa made it clear to the world, or the reaction to Antifa made it clear to America, hey, it's on. If you want to show up in some town and march and beat people down, nobody's going to stop you. Right. And, you know, it's there were plenty of good, decent people who just lean a little right who are taking a beating. And good, decent people who lean a little right are not going to be the ones who come out into the streets and say, oh, yeah, well, I'll bust your head open. It's just not the way political violence works. So now you got uh, the, the ugliness on both sides. And as Jonah Goldberg pointed out so eloquently today, and we quoted it earlier, that um, 
this this uh, idea that well they oppose somebody I hate so they must be good. No, history is rife with one awful group that battles another awful group, and and they're actually closely allied in a lot of ways. They believe you know my way or your head is split open. For instance, and do not be sucked into supporting them. I mean, you you hate the left leaning media, for instance. You 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 you're staunchly anti uh, socialism. You think the country's gone way too far in the secular progressive. You don't like abortion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you allow that to make you kind of a tacit supporter of the Klan, you have drifted morally, my friend, a long damn way. You're like in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. You're doomed. You've drifted so far morally. And I would say the same thing to my progressive friends. Just because you see somebody who opposes the Klan, and that blinds you to the fact that they're morally reprehensible. Dude and dudette, you got to wake up. You've become a person you ha- you wouldn't be able to recognize. So I'm pretty happy that The Atlantic, Chris Matthews, and The New York Times, all in a 24-hour period, uh, are alerting people to what, to what Antifa is. Because otherwise you're going to have Nazis, similar groups, yeah. Nazis and Antifa in, 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 in full-out wars in cities across America. We can't have either one of those. Right, right. So, anyway, it's pretty glad to see people wake, uh, waking up to that. You know, listen, I'm in a charitable mood. Maybe it's my delicious tuna snack I just finished. If you some if we were so inartful that you thought we were saying, you know, the clan and Antifa, they're the same. No, they're not the same. But there are aspects of what they're doing that are so incredibly similar you can't miss it. Their self righteousness, their their propensity for violence, their hate. The rest of it, God, you got to call it out where you see it, even if it agrees with your side. What's this super volcano you got a story about here, Sean? Is this something I need to be concerned about? About a what? A regular volcano? No. No, it's a super volcano. Yeah, it's something you should be worried about only if you're worried about, you know, humanity being wiped off the planet. Mm, wow. Do tell. There's a uh, super volcano. The The most notorious one is actually right under Yellowstone National Park. Yeah. And it is one of those things where if it erupts, how <laughs> uh, I mean, like if I'm there staring at the bison in Yellowstone? No. Like, is, is, is Portland being like, wiped off the face of the earth? Miami? The, the sort of thing like the clouds, just the clouds from its eruption would have a an effect on the environment oh. and the, the blocking out the sun and such. Give me a percentage. Of people that survive? No. Of, uh, how likely is this thing to go kerblooey? Is this uh, just a... Uh, is this media fear-mongering? I won't um, be party to it. Looks pretty serious. NASA's involved in trying to figure out how to combat this, so we will have NASA more on that NASA space, up. not subterranean Earth. Yeah! Stay in your lane, as they say these days. <laughs> know your role. That's right. <laughs> Good one. So, can I stare at the sun for minutes at a time? From what I understand. Ask nobody. <laughs> I know. But we'll talk to a doctor. <laughs> But, uh, you know, safe uh, eclipse view. Exactly. Well, some schools are doing the smart things and making children stay inside all day long. Did you hear some schools have closed? Because they just don't know that they can keep order. They don't know what to oh, do. Oh, my God. They're so afraid of liability. They're just not having class. God dang it. Go on in, Gina. We We're talk all softened to... up for you. we got to talk about that. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk to a doctor China. about that. Stay, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
All I really, 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 really want to see is the total eclipse of the sun. There may be people standing in or along the roadway watching the eclipse, um, and they may be distracted, so it's important to keep an eye out for pedestrians. These ultra-dark lenses will make it so that you cannot see the road in front of you. So, um, as you can imagine, that would pose a, a tremendous danger to someone um, who is operating a motor vehicle. The mm. darkness phase in, in will last way? only two to three minutes, and so by planning ahead, um, you can make sure that you oh, find Please a safe place stop. to park and that's from the AAA. So if I have my welding goggles on and right. I can't see anything and right. I'm sitting in my car, don't go ahead and drive or do. I, you're going to have to play that again. I could, do I go ahead and drive that. or don't go ahead and drive. Oh, wow. Boy. Wow. We are we are infants. We, are, we expect everybody to tell us the most basic things. We're hoping the uh, advice you're about to get is a little more useful from Dr. Donald Buckland, Regional Medical Director for U.S. HealthWorks, a uh, fine American healthcare uh, network headquartered in beautiful Valencia, California. Hello, uh, Dr. Buckland. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about you? Terrific. Thank you very much. Uh, I have been staring at the sun all week in an effort to toughen up my eyeballs for the eclipse. Build a tolerance for it. That's right. Is that a good idea? I don't think you can immunize yourself against blindness. <laughs> we were, we were going to first test whether you had a sense of humor. Obviously, you do. Um, listen, uh, I think we all know not to look at the eclipse with the naked eye at all. How likely is it you could really hurt yourself? Well, actually, let's just talk about the strength of the light. We measure light in lux of all things, but uh, moonlight, 0.1, you know, just barely there, great vision, about 120. Stadium lighting, go to see your favorite team, and it's bright as the Dickens, and that's 300. The sun is 100,000. Okay. One little edge of the sun peeking out from behind the moon is enough to blind you if you look at it. What does it do? Does it scar your retina? Is that what's happening? What happens is your cornea and your lens works just like a magnifying glass. You remember when you were a kid and you had a magnifying glass and you used to light ants on fire and other abominable things? Your (laughs) cornea and lens do that for you. They take parallel lines of light and they bend them in so they come to a point on your retina. So essentially you have a magnifying glass on your eyes. So if you want to look at the sun and focus that magnifying glass in the back of your eye, you can predict what would happen. Um, I've been hearing about this since I was a little kid, various uh, eclipses or eclipi or whatever the plural is. Um, uh, I've never known anybody who hurt themselves. I mean, does this happen very often? Usually you have to be somewhat impaired because if you try to look at the sun for right. more than a second, you look away sure. automatically. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, jump right to uh, preparing ourselves then. What sort of protective glasses do we need? Okay. What you need is eclipse glasses, and they're like $2. They look like they have a little piece of film in the, su- in the front of it. It's shiny on one side and dark on the other. And if you put them on, you can't see anything. I mean, you can put a flashlight right in front of your eye, and you can't see it. But if you walk outside and look at the sun with them on, the sun will first strike you as, darn, that's small, <laughs> because the brightness makes it look about five times bigger than it actually is. So you look at the sun with your eclipse glasses on, and it's just a little tiny ball. So, and Who's, uh, and, and, I, I mean, we want legit ones, though. I don't want somebody to sell me some sort of off-market, uh, not protective ones. Uh, are they being sold at drugstores and places like that, or, or what? Yeah, I've got a great uh, source for you. Um, the American Astronomical Society 
asa.org, or pardon me, aas.org. Just go in there, and they will give you all the approved manufacturers and all the places where you can buy them and that they meet the uh, ISO codes. So. Cool. So it yeah. sounds to me like the real thing is not so much the uh, worrying about damaging your eyes, because like you said, I can barely look toward the sun because, it, you know, it hurts my oh, eyes course, you, you yeah. look away. So the real reason you want these things is so you can watch the eclipse because the exactly. pain is going to make you look away. You want to watch it. You're going to have to have the glasses on. Exactly. And a welder's hood or sunglasses isn't dark enough because you will still have enough ultraviolet coming in there that you can go blind, literally, less than a minute. Says in uh, USA Today today, welder's goggles. Nope. Not a good idea. Wow, that's interesting. We've gotten so many texts and emails this week from people saying absolutely perfect and other people saying absolutely not, you'll go blind. So you're, USA Today says they're fine, you're saying they're not. I'm saying they're not. Okay. okay. If you have really good sunglasses, you go out and you spend a jillion dollars on the fanciest Ray-Bans you could buy, the world's best, they're going to knock the ultraviolet radiation down by about 90%. Well, that 10% left is still enough to fry your cornea 100 times over. So even just a little rim of sunlight peeking from behind the moon is enough to fry your cornea. You know, we got some good information from you that uh, only solar filter eclipse glasses that are compliant with the ISO 12312-2 safety standard are permissible. On the other hand, I guess we could just tell people, you know, we'll have a link, go to aas.org, figure out where to buy legit ones and get them. I think that's probably the simplest Way to approach this. Since you've taken the controversial stance of taking on America's newspaper, the USA Today, the USA Today also says, uh, take your glasses off once the, the sun completely goes behind the moon and you're good for a couple of minutes of just looking at it with your bare eyes. Is that what you're saying? That is if you're in the swath of totality. In other words, you're, if you're in that 70-mile-wide path across the country where the moon is going to totally block out the sun 100%, then you can look at it without any kind of protection. But as soon as you start getting a bright side peeking out, it's going to get very, very bright in seconds, and you need to have your eclipse glasses back on. So have them ready. Dr. Donald Buckland, Regional Medical Director for U.S. HealthWorks. So do, what do you think about driving with your goggles on where it's completely black? <laughs> seem, seem like a good idea. The AAA says no. Maybe you disagree well, with them also. Liars. <laughs> Once we have these automatic cars, then you can drive yeah. around all the time. In Good your point. Right. Do, it, do whatever you want. Hey, uh, really enjoyed the chat. Some great information. Thanks. Thank you. We appreciate it. He was the perfect Armstrong and Getty eye doctor. Yeah, he was. Well done. Yes, as yeah, we didn't know if he was going to be flogging some sort of product or, or like, hyper-cautious or whatever. No, he was realistic. As he mentioned, burning ants and other abominations. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. That's funny. What is it with uh, children's capacity for cruelty that a lot of kids, that almost everybody grows out of, or learns compassion or something? Right. That's. I'm sure there are f- fascinating books and studies on that. Oh, very yeah, question. I, I try to. You know, I, I remember it myself uh, when when my kids have done some things that just seem, you know, abhorrent. But I remember doing that as a kid, right. and I could, I you know. You know, I think it's the process of learning you have power and then learning what controlling it means. Because you have the power to kill an animal anytime you want. But why don't we cruelly kill an animal for no reason? 
when we would have as a kid. Well, it's also possible that that part of our uh, our neurological uh, development isn't there yet. I mean, we're learning more and more about that. I mean, it could just be that part of your brain is oh, underdeveloped yeah. at, at a, that point. At a certain age, I'd say my kids were around four-ish when they understood the idea of, you know, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa being able to die. So, right. but, you know, before that, they don't even really understand li- alive or dead, period. So here I am trying to look at it with the, uh, you know, the point of view of a philosopher when it might be no more complicated than your arms are longer as you get bigger. <laughs> I mean, that part of your brain grows up. Yeah. So who knows? The human brain, fascinating, isn't it? Troubling. So, it looks like a bag of jello. Yes. So, so while we're on this part of the world, science, quickly, a little bit about the supervolcano, Sean. So there are two supervolcanoes in America. One is in uh, right just outside the Los Angeles area. In, uh, wow. And the other, or, I'm sorry, Long Valley in California. Uh, the other one is in Yellowstone. Um, if you go to Long Valley and think you're in Los Angeles, no, you're going to be very disappointed. Yeah, I was, I was misstated there. Um, I'd say. Uh, some idiot. If, if, <laughs> if you're going to vol- work the science desk, your hallmark must be accuracy. If a supervolcano did erupt, it would have a, a catastrophic effect on the surrounding areas. The, the ash that would be emitted would span over 500 miles, um, which is a greater concern to, to kind of humanity's well-being than the thousand degrees of oozing lava that would be, uh, that would be flowing from said supervolcano. Are these underground? Uh, yes. Well, it's uh, the super volcano. The, the activity of it is the same thing that generates old faithful shooting up water every oh, okay. so often. In, gotcha. So, yeah. It, so, yeah, they're, they're below level. Um, they, they would cover the ground in as much as four inches of gray ash, which could be detrimental to crops growing in the Midwest. Ah, they'll get over it. Along with the ash, it would spew a whole bunch of gases, including sulfur dioxide, a gas uh, that this is leads, making my ash tired. This leads is... to acid rain. <laughs> Sounds like me after an extra large pizza. It would cause a global <laughs> cooling effect as it reflects the sun back away from the earth. Good as a um, heavy the, set the explosion, appreciate that. The explosion wouldn't wipe out human life, but it would certainly be destructive, uh, especially to those in the western half of the United States. All right. So I'll keep my but eye very, on that. Very so unlikely to actually Your erupt any time in the next 1,000 years. <laughs> I'll keep my eye on that, assuming I'm not blind after the eclipse. It's another geological phenomenon that could but won't kill you Friday. So don't pay any attention to the 464 earthquake events that happened at the supervolcano between June 12th and June 19th. It's probably nothing. Wow. Hey, it's caring. like a regular volcano, but super. You know, that would bump the Russian collusion story off the front pages. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, it's been confirmed one American was killed in the Barcelona terror attack. Are more U.S. troops heading to Afghanistan? We've got the latest on that. And the world's most famous astrophysicist previews Monday's solar eclipse for us. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. I think I know what's going to (laughs) happen. I don't think I need him to, but I'll stay tuned. It's not that mysterious. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Seems to me if we humans weren't designed as beasts to look away from the sun when it's painful, we all from a very young age would go blind. You know, that's a good point. You can't look at it, really. I don't not look at the sun because my parents told me right off the bat. Right. Even as an infant, don't look at the sun. Right. Even babies close their eyes when the sun gets in their eyes. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, up at the USA Today with their, uh, um, well, I'm sorry, the USA Today said welder's goggles of a certain kind 
are okay. The doctor said no. I have a feeling that's one of those. It's like the same reason they tell pregnant women you can't drink it all. Right. Because if you told them uh, one glass of wine is okay, then stupid, stupid, stupid people would go out and drain a bottle of vodka. So I they assume you can't handle the responsibility of making an intelligent I think decision. you're right. So you have the big blanket, no, you can't statement. I think you're right. They don't trust people with the actual information. Because there are gradations of welder's goggles. Oh, and yeah. if it's past a certain point, then yeah. I mean, if you're an arc welder, you've got gear that will protect you. So but check. Don't take our word for it. It's your eyeballs. Yeah. So it be, should be presented as, the way I said, if you want to watch the whole eclipse, you need to have these glasses, because otherwise you can't look at it. It's too bright. Right. It'll, you'll, you'll turn away. That just makes perfectly good sense. Yeah. Um, that part where it's actually totally blocked out and you can remove, that's that seems fascinating oh, to yeah. me. Yeah. I'm waiting for that. I'm going to have a religious experience. I'm going to come back a completely different person. <laughs> robes, yeah. sandals, robe. dog. Worried, it's worth the gamble. <laughs> of course, uh, you know, some people have been blinded by the light, most notably Bruce Springsteen, later Manfred Mann. So right. there is some danger. It happens. Yep. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson is confirming the death of one American citizen in yesterday's terror attack in Spain. We express our deepest sympathies to the loved ones of this individual and obviously the others who have been uh, who have suffered loss of life. And we offer our thoughts and prayers uh, to their families as they're going to be dealing with a very, very tough few days ahead of them. One other American was hurt when that van plowed into a crowd of people in Barcelona. The State Department not identifying publicly either American. Meanwhile, a Northern California man vacationing in Europe is missing in Barcelona. Lafayette resident Heidi Tucker telling ABC7 she and her husband got separated during yesterday's terrorist attack. And she's heard nothing from or about him since. That oh, would be terrifying. Oh, yes. boy. Jeez, you wouldn't be able to sleep a second or eat a bite till yeah. you figured that out. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have President Trump now tweeting out against terrorism. Official Trump tweet reader Vincent Nicholas with what he has sent out this morning. Radical Islamic terrorism must be stopped by whatever means necessary. The courts must give us back our protective rights. Have to be tough! He went on to say, the, ex- the obstructionist Democrats make security for our country very difficult. They use the courts and associated delay at all times. Must stop! Capping off a whirlwind week of controversy, President Trump's opened up a national security summit on North Korea and Afghanistan today at Camp David. Trump has been trying to decide whether to approve sending more troops to Afghanistan to beat back a resurgent Taliban. I want to find out why we've been there for 17 years. President rejecting proposals from the top brass to add thousands more troops to the 8,400 Americans currently stationed there. And the Defense Secretary, Jim Mattis, telling reporters the administration is very close to some decisions on a strategy for Afghanistan. This is interesting. You got some military guys who, you know, they, they often want to, uh, to, to to scale up these things. That's what they've dedicated their lives to. You got Bannon, who's a complete non-interventionist. He wants to get out of everywhere. Um, and uh, then I heard some reporting last night. Robert Costa, Washington Post, was asked by Charlie Rose about this. Robert Costa said, look, from my reporting over all this time, people who think Bannon or anybody's pulling the strings are just wrong. Trump makes his own decisions. Mm. He 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 just he goes what direction he wants to go. He doesn't care what anybody thinks, which sounds more likely to me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's every part. Everybody. 
imagine some dark puppet master behind the other party's guy. But, it's, you know, it's kind of a tired trope. We just got this text from somebody who says their son-in-law is about to spend six, month in Af- six months in Afghanistan training their military and wonders wow. why, why, what are we doing? That's a heck of a good question. Millions of Americans looking forward to next week's solar eclipse. you got people in a dozen states who will be treated to a total eclipse of the sun on Monday morning. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson lays it out. And so the moon's shadow is always in space, but occasionally it touches down on Earth. So the moon's shadow touches down in the Pacific, it landfalls in Oregon, it crosses the entire continental United States. This is America's eclipse. Uh, but it's not a very long eclipse. It's only like two and a half minutes. Uh, many eclipses are four minutes, five minutes. It's a short eclipse. Perhaps 100 million people will see it. So when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. What is that? That's a moray. Huh. Uh, we got this text. I live in Bend, Oregon. The skies are dark, full of smoke from wildfires. Folks may come from around the world to see nothing. Don't. I noticed Shout something. out to our friends in Bend. I love Bend. Yeah, love no Bend. Speaking of me yelling nothing because there was an exclamation point. When when Vincent was reading the Trump text today, I started doing something else. I wasn't paying attention. I think mm. that means Uh-oh. something. I think that means something. I've 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 been fatigued by his his tweets where I'm like, okay, and whatever he said is just, you know. Or was it because it was about terrorism? And you knew it would be... I don't know. I think, kind of the standard, we're with you, be strong. Kind of over his tweeting. He's the boy... He, no, he's the POTUS who tweeted sad. <laughs> it's like a boy who cried wolf. Bit of a stretch, but the judges will permit it. That's yes. pretty good. Yes. I agree with you, Jack. I used to be excited, uh, and, but unless now he's going personally after, like, uh, <laughs> the Connecticut senator in his Vietnam uh, War record, I just... Eh. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a limit to how many times you can get excited about that, right? Meanwhile, Oakland Raiders running back Marshawn Lynch was talking with reporters for the first time in training camp, uh, sidestepping questions regarding his decision to sit down during the national anthem before the, man. before the preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals. Marshawn, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people that are wearing your jersey in the Coliseum Saturday. Will it matter to you if they sit or stand for the anthem? Uh, so. When we run uh, 74 or something like that, where I got a scan read on, you know, on on both sides, you know that that'd be pretty difficult. But you know, for the most part, you know, I, you know, I'm a veteran, so I can make it work. What? So he he went straight to describing a play, and uh, yeah, and it, w- it wouldn't answer the question. What an interesting dude. All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. You know, I was listening to a sports guy talk about the whole kneeling down thing, and he just completely missed the point. If you care about, you know, the issues involved and, and the, just the, the divisions and the anger and the rest of it, man, you're bringing that into a fun gathering. That's not what sitting down for a football game is. I don't want Antifa and the KKK clashing. During a football game, you know? Sorry, Marshawn, with all due respect, I'm not in the mood. Total eclipse only seen in the United States. When was the last time that happened? 1776. Think about it. Coincidence? This is Trump's America. Or Trump's America. Or Trump's America. (laughs) Stay tuned (laughs) to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Thank you, Michael. I appreciate this. Madman drummers, bombers, and Indians in the summer with a teenage... This is, the, this is Bruce Springsteen's original version of Blinded What's by the Light. terrible, terrible remake of the great song. <laughs> this is an awful remake. If you're going to remake a song, try to make it half as good. <laughs> Savages. Philistines. The point is, don't stare at the sun during the eclipse. Or you'll end up Bruce Springsteen or Blinded something. by the light. I don't know. I don't even know what our purpose is here. Did you hear about the whole us versus mm transcript controversy? I hate to even bring it up because it's Trumpity Trump, Trump, Trumpity Trump. Um, And uh, I'm not sure I'll survive the Trump era. I think I may die of the stupidity. The stupidity on all sides. But in the transcript of his press conference the other day, uh, Politico point out, pointed out or published that he said, what about the alt-left that came charging at us? And then it, that became a big story. Maggie Halberman, New York Times, uh, John Harwood, uh, a bunch of all the big-time Washington Post, CNBC. Trump referred to the alt-right and the Klan as us, except it was um. What about when they uh, came charging at him, he said. And uh, everybody had to retract or say, uh, uh, the transcript has been revised. And I had to say, yeah, it turns out Trump did not <laughs> join the Klan. Um, is this one different? I saw Newt Gingrich up there saying, I think that president is way more isolated than he thinks he is. That's the first time I've seen Newt be that... Uh, that critical of the president. I, I think this one is somewhat different than some of the other ones. I also think we have a camel with an increasingly sore back. And this was a fairly big <laughs> log. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, this is a fairly big uh, log to throw on a camel's back. Just because, he, to me, he handled it so badly. And if you, if you uh, translate most of what he said from Trump into English... It's not nearly as bad as it was portrayed, but it wasn't great. So, yeah, I don't know. You got Bob Corker, who who was, you know, nominally, he was a Trump supporter, wasn't he? They talked about him being yeah. secretary of this, that, yeah. and the other. Yeah. Um, now coming out, and what did he say? that the, We got the clip. The, Do you want to hear the clip? Yeah, Do you want the long not? clip or the short clip? Uh, how about the short one? There's the short version. Our nation is going to go through great peril. I will say we're at a point uh, where there, there needs to be radical changes take place um, at the White House nah, itself. That has to happen. we got to hear the long one. What does that mean? There needs well, to be it's the a... first part that's the most notable part. Well, no, I guess that they're both notable. But I thought it was notable him saying there needs to be radical changes in the West Wing at the White House. What does that mean? Like flip-flop the West Wing and the East Wing? Paint it green? What What does he mean? Let's hear the longer clip. The president has not yet um, has not yet been able to demonstrate the stability uh, nor some of the competence that he needs to demonstrate in order to be successful. All right, go he ahead also recently so, has not so, demonstrated... The, that was, he was bending over backward to be diplomatic in saying the president is unstable and incompetent. I mean, if I were to say, you know, I don't know, you know, you hire a new uh, gardener, I don't know, and he doesn't quite trim your roses right, well, you might say he has yet to develop the competence 
And maybe he sticks one of the roses in your eye. I don't know. And the stability. There's, you could assume he would learn. He would pick it up. But for Bob Corker to say he has not yet developed the stability and competence, I mean, is he saying other anything other than, by all evidence to me, the guy's incompetent and unstable? I think he's saying... We've had a long enough period of time. I don't believe he's fit for the office. I think that's what Bob Corker said. Right. Right. But well, what do you mean when you say there need to be some major changes? I mean... Radical changes at the White House. As Chris Matthews said, outside of another election, what what could happen? <laughs> Resignation. Well, that's... Pressure him out. Pence becomes president. Nah. No way. Well, I'm not predicting it. I'm just... That's the only... What else could there be? That's not appoint even an John, uh, General Kelly president? Oh, my God. Van, uh, Vice. Who's going to appoint him? What kind of what, what constitutional rule have you got here? Pence. George Soros. Pence becomes president and appoints the vice president. You're, That's the way it works. You're leaping over the biggest part. What's that? The guy in there has to step down, and that's a non-starter. Well, that's what Corker was calling for. Well, he can call for it all he wants. Has anybody been following Donald Trump's <laughs> act? He's not exactly an, okay, I'll go now. He's not, that's not exactly his personality. What about well, fair fi- enough. firing Steve uh, Banyan? Bannon. I like Banyan. Yeah. <laughs> but st- why would he fire Bannon? Do you think that, that, that as a major change? Yeah, that's, that's what that would make That would make Trump stable and competent? Well, I don't know. Maybe Corker thinks it would. there'd be a little more regular order, a little more business coming out of there. What's, what's General Kelly thinking? I mean, the, the, there were leaks in the New York Times the other day, and you have to take them with a grain of salt because there have been a number of stories that turned out not to be true, right? So, to be patently false. Right. But they, they said there were, there were advisors to the president that were at the press conference the other day that were just beside themselves with, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can so, believe I don't know that. if that's true or not. I, I could believe it. I could believe it being true. I could believe it not being true. And but. the reporting was that the president walked out of there feeling like, all right, I got my mojo back. Woo, that was awesome, wasn't it? Was his feeling mm-hmm. after the uh, press conference. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, whether that's true or not, who knows? I know a lot of you Trump fans hate it when we talk like this, but uh, number, number one, go with it. We'll say something you like soon enough. Um <laughs> And what, 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 see, what bothers me is I really, 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 really want to see a total eclipse of the sun. No, I really, really want a tax reform, significant tax reform. I want everybody to come together and make an intelligent uh, compromise on immigration issues. I, there are all sorts of policy things that I want to get done. And I think your guy is making it extremely difficult to get these things done. And, of course, the mainstream media is unfair. Of course, the Democrats are unfair. But that's the game he's in. So you wanted Hillary to be president. Oh, I'll be damned. Yes, yes, yes. You can't stand in the batter's box and whine to the umpire, the pitcher's throwing it really, really hard. That's the game you're playing. you got to be smart, strategic. Fairly or unfairly, it's hard to imagine anything getting accomplished in this atmosphere. Mm. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.